we've got Singaporeans on TikTok with like maybe 15,000 followers or something and then they're like, yep. oh, you know what? I'm an influencer. Right. Yeah, but what are you really influencing? Like, are you truly making people change decisions? Mm. Are you able to convince someone, right, that hey, this doing these things, right, is important for you, right? So that aside, I always felt that influence is something that is very important in sales. And so when you look at sales and you break it down, right, it's actually there's a bit of a science to it. Mm. Right, so I always felt that hey, you know what, sales is a skill I think I can pick up, right? Uh, and so and I felt that if I could uh, pick up sales and you know be able to master it, then it was just a matter of finding an industry that I was passionate about or you know a product that I I believed in, right? For me to be able to apply my skills. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Mind Your Business SG. Today you are joined with Tamit and Ashwin. Ash, today we are talking about sales. Sales, yeah. yeah. Awesome. My favorite topic. Your favorite topic is sales. Yeah. Not I Taylor love. Swift. Hey <laughs> man. So so the funny thing about like all these concerts, right? Recently, yeah. right? So Coplay released six shows and they all sold out. Insane. Do you think everybody going for these shows knows who Coplay is? I don't think so. Right. So so. It's funny, right? So they did sales without even selling anything, right? Yeah. So why do you think there are people who are going who don't know Coldplay? I think it's FOMO. FOMO. Yeah. They right. say like, oh, okay, everyone is going, right? right? Oh, they open up a few more shows. Okay, so you know, I'm gonna be missing out on this. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go spend like two, three hundred bucks on Coldplay right. as well. Yeah. Right. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So, so the funny thing is, right? Like we probably for us. Right, because mm-hmm. we are English speaking, yeah, uh, we only know about Taylor Swift and Coldplay doing six shows. Yeah, there's this Chinese artist that is coming. Right, right. He's called uh, his name is uh, Jackie Chung. Right, uh, he's from our parents' generation. Uh-huh. He sold out eleven shows in Singapore. Wow, I'm not even kidding. Like it's, it's insane, right? So even more popular than let's say Coldplay. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> why is he selling out eleven shows? I want to go and like, and I wouldn't even know a single song, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it, so. you know, you know what I missed out on? Okay, so I'm not like the you know typical concert goer, right? Uh, I I I'm just not that guy, right, right? To spend so much money on a concert, but one concert I thought I was like, okay, I should have been there. It was Neo. Neo came to Singapore exactly about two to three weeks back on a Monday night. What? No way. Neo came to Singapore at the Star Vista, Star Vista Theatre or something like that. Yeah, it was a random Monday night, and and they didn't really put up a lot of posters or marketing for that. So I had a friend who was, you know, sharing his uh, Insta stories right, and videos. Right. I was like, "What? Neo is in town? How did they? Yeah. How did your friend find out about it? I have no idea. So wow. apparently, the crowd there were mostly mud chicks. <laughs> Wait, right? What? Yeah. Uh, right. The crowd for Neo's concert were mostly mud chicks. But I mean, Neo were is they a, like letting loose. Yeah, yeah, they were letting loose. So right. I saw the videos, like, uh, you know, mud chicks yeah. how they are on 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 the stage dancing with Neo. I was like, well, actually, that's really quite wow. fun. Apparently, everyone was like, you know, on their foot, like they're not sitting down. Everyone's right, just like, dancing. Right, right. And Neo's songs are not really like party going kind of yep, songs, yep, yep, yep. right? Like, and that that was back in what the twenty twelve. 2013 maybe uh, that we we you know started listening to dance music exactly right right? like yeah it's perfect for partying and stuff like that crazy so yeah who knew right right monday random that's quite sad Mm -hmm. that i missed it yeah 
now you know. So now those who are listening, yeah, you you could FOMO as well. Yeah, yeah, so why are you, dear listener, going to Taylor Swift and Coldplay concert? Well, I guess, you know, we'll... Uh, FOMO thing or... So Ash, are you going for Coldplay's concert? Uh, uh, no, I'm not going for Coldplay. Okay, yeah. but you are trying to get tickets to none of it. I, 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 I mean, I went for Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Yeah. At the, I think, start of the year. It was March. Right. February, March. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, not to be rude or anything but I don't really vibe with uh, concerts in Singapore right Yeah, which I think is because also a lot of people go for the concerts because mm-hmm. FOMO right? mm. so some of them they don't really know like what Red Hot Chili Peppers is about right you know? and like you see a lot of like parents there with their kids yeah. like a group of like maybe 20 year olds and then there's a parent there and he, then he's so upset throughout the whole concert <laughs> and, like why are you in my space man like, yeah, yeah. hey man it's a rock concert like yeah. everybody's in each other's space right yeah yeah so i was like man maybe i'll not do concerts in singapore anymore so i was that guy i only knew maybe three or four songs right from red hot chili pepper yeah. what, what, what were you doing there then um <laughs> friend said hey we have an extra ticket you want to come you right know? yeah so, so so that that's how it happened yeah same thing with coldplay like right. a bunch of friends are going, then like, hey, come on, the whole gang is going. Right. Why don't you join? Right. I'm like, all right, yeah. That's, right. So yeah. that's interesting, right? Because yeah. Singapore, that that there's this whole culture where people mm-hmm. do things because others are doing it. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, where, where people join queues mm-hmm. in shopping malls without actually. Knowing oh, we left the queue. What yeah. is <laughs> at the end of the queue, right? It's right. Just, yeah, we get get into the queue first, then we find out along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, hey, why are you standing here actually? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, it's quite interesting, but. When it comes to, it comes to business itself, right? When you translate down towards like mm-hmm. what we have conversed with yeah, all, all the, the guests, pe- yeah. right? Uh, a lot of times these guys are also buying things because my friends are part of it. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's this formal culture, right? right? And how how can a business you know capitalize on on such a thing? How do you sell in such a way? Like you brought up queuing, right? Singaporeans right. we love to queue, right? right? right. So th- there's this thing in our head like if, if a chicken rice stall has has a long queue yep. right you naturally want to like figure oh okay this guy must be popular and then yeah. you go and queue but I'm, I'm the opposite like I right. see a long queue I'm like right, right, turned right. off so so yeah. recently yeah. I went to this um, so I love Hokkien Mee right, right. I, I actually like to go to pl- parts of Singapore oh, to yeah. eat Hokkien Mee and so recently um, one of my friends said like oh there's this place the Hokkien Mee is mm-hmm. damn popular and like they blow blew up on TikTok so it's super packed, right? Mm-hmm. And I went over to like try the Hokkien Mee and I was like, yeah, I've had so much better, right? Mm. But that's the thing that they're so crowded. Uh, if you go on their TikTok, I can't remember the name of the place. Yeah, it's at Jalan Besar, right? Uh, and like it was bang average Hokkien Mee, but like it's super packed. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I see it very often on my TikTok mm-hmm. feed because like mm-hmm. I love Hokkien Mee, right? So, <laughs> Every time you watch Hokkien Mee videos, then there's that algorithm and right. all that kind of thing. You know, in, as a business, right, do you think that's, is, is that Hokkien Mee like trending or has it always been popular? So that's, that's the thing, right? The trending part comes from being on Instagram. Mm. Like how, I wouldn't say problem, maybe the, the issue with a lot of things is that right now, anyone can have a voice on social media. Yep. Right? And their opinion doesn't even have to be validated. Yep, just like, like ours. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So you can just buy recording equipment, sit down and just like start recording stuff and be like like, hey man, you know, I've got a podcast, right? Yeah. Uh and and with TikTok I see a lot of people who they might not even be good at recognizing good food, right? Mm. They might not even know what they're talking about food, right? But they're like, Oh my god, this Hokkien is to die for and then like their video gets blown out and then you go and eat a Hokkien and you're like shit, this guy doesn't have any taste buds. Like, what's going on, right? Yeah, so... The guy who posted that Hokkien Mee video, Ash is very, very disappointed. 
No, okay, so it's a couple of them. Oh. Right? Yeah, it was not one guy, it was a couple of them. Yeah, like, good marketing strategy. Definitely. Then. And, yeah. you know, with uh, with the food, food industry, right? I think mm. a lot of times we are starting to see um, people interviewing, mm-hmm. you know, willing to talk about their stories because they realize their stories sell, right? Yep. Uh, how many of the stories when you go on, on Instagram say, oh, I quit, quit my corporate job to mm. start this like pork store? Yeah. And then everybody's just blowing it up. They're like, oh shit, that's the shit, right? And in those days, I don't think you would have gotten that kind of like mm-hmm. um, traction, right? That we are seeing today, right? And unfortunately, the truth about it is that if you want to be a business owner and you want to tap into the FOMO nature of Singaporeans, yeah. you have to be on social media. Mm. Yeah, that's the only way you're going to like yeah. m- let people feel like they're missing out, right? Yeah. That, that's definitely one way. So, on to your point about how stories sell. Yeah. Right. So, so today we are talking about sales yep. in this episode. And I think that is something that we definitely want to cover later yeah. where how you use your brand story to attract, right. you know, perhaps right. your initial bunch of customers. Yeah. Uh, retention is a whole other game. Right. But uh, now speaking about sales, uh, one of the things that I've always wanted to ask you, Ash, was... You know, you've been in the industry, insurance, financial advisory industry for a couple of years, yep. right? I've known you since JC days, yeah. right? I've always known you as that, you know, very extroverted guy, you know, <laughs> right. it will speak... Noisy, to, right? Noisy, basically. <laughs> he was right. one loud guy yeah. <laughs> in the school canteen. Yep. So, you know, that kind of personality, I'm not surprised that you eventually went on to right. doing sales, but... I also want to know from your perspective as to why you chose this as a career, uh, a career in sales. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think that, you know, growing up as a Singaporean, we always um, trying to force ourselves into this mentality that um, I want to have an iron rice bowl. Mm. Right? I want to be safe. Right. Yeah. And so you want to be in an industry or you want to be in a place where you know that your chances of you losing your job is very low. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which is why, I think a lot of people sign on in the army, uh, you know, they join uh, other very stable industries, yep. especially as Singaporeans, right? We've got a lot of friends who, you know, they take the the easy path, right? or I wouldn't say easy, la, but more of the stable path. Conventional stability. Um, yep. Because they know that they will be safe. Right? Exactly. And I, I mean, the truth about it is that we live a very Singaporean life where nowadays proposal means hey, you want to BTO together. Oh, yeah. Right? So, so it's like get get a degree, get a job, get a house, start a family, blah blah blah, and then there's a process. And losing your job is always going to jeopardize this, mm-hmm. right? And um, we went through the Asian financial crisis in I think nineteen ninety eight, right? Ninety eight, yep. right? And at that point, we 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 are young, but we do remember there being a level of stress among our family members, yeah, our parents, parents, and all that, right? Where job security was scary. Right, people were getting retrenched. Um, even at that point, we were in like maybe primary school, and we we are hearing the word retrenched for the first time. Uh, we're trying to make sense of it, and then growing up through that that portion, right? We definitely, in a way, built this way, built this feeling that hey, you know what, no matter what, I must put myself in a position where I don't get retrenched. So, similarly, I mean, I've always wanted to put myself in a position where I am of value, right? Uh, and I felt that, you know, being in a position of value is more important than being in a position of um, skilled. Uh, mm. Why is that so, in my opinion, was that I was never an engineering guy. 
Mm. Right, so I, I was never a, a guy who had skills. Like I was damn shit at art, so I'm not creative. Mm. Right, I failed DNT, so I, was, I knew I was <laughs> never going to be like that guy who, who you know. Uh, and even for like sciences, like I hated chemistry, I hated physics. I and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm never going to have like a hard skill. Mm. And so that was the first thing that I knew that I'm someone who can't have hard skills. Right. So, what was the other way that I could create value? And so, as I was growing up, you know, spending a lot of time with my uh, dad. So, my dad was doing direct sales. I I kind of understood that sales is something that is important. Right. No company survives without sales. Yep. Right. So, as I mean, I can set up the biggest, best. Let's look at Apple. Right. Right. We no matter how great. Apple's product is no matter how technologically advanced they are, they will never succeed without a solid sales team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that can be B two B or B two C. And then of course we break it down into like marketing, where uh, how do I market to the masses? Yeah, distributorship and yeah, stuff like and, that. Yeah, and, and all these things, right? Uh, but if no one is selling my product, I will never grow. Yes. Right? So that was the, my first initial thought. So th- I always felt that if I could pick up the skill of sales, mm-hmm. right, uh, and I spent time trying to understand what sales actually means, and it, it it made me realize that sales is actually is not so much the extrovertedness that you talked about, but there is a lot of uh, nuanced things to sales, like how you communicate to someone, uh, influence, right? So you know, okay, so. Uh, I hope I don't offend anybody, <laughs> right? So nowadays, a lot of people are coming out and they're calling themselves influencers, mm. right? Um, we've got Singaporeans on TikTok with like maybe 15,000 followers or something and then they're like, yep. oh, you know what? I'm an influencer. Right. Yeah, but what are you really influencing? Like, are you truly making people change decisions? Mm. Are you able to convince someone, right, that hey, this doing these things, right, is important for you, right? So that aside, I always felt that influence is something that is very important in sales. And so when you look at sales and you break it down, right, it's actually there's a bit of a science to it, mm. right? So I always felt that, hey, you know what? Sales is a skill I think I can pick up, right? Uh, and so, and I felt that if I could uh, pick up sales and, you know, be able to master it, then it was just a matter of finding an industry that I was passionate about or, you know, a product that I, I believed in, right, for me to be able to apply my skills. Right. And when uh, were you having these thoughts? Was that back in like your junior college days or yeah from the start yeah right, right. and you were right. just waiting okay you know what probably you're going to end up in sales yeah. you had your father who who yeah. was in direct yeah. sales right yeah. and you're just waiting for the right opportunity yeah so there was two yeah. things that I was considering at that point of time uh, I was either considering going to law mm-hmm. right cuz I always feel that law was cool because you sell your case right, right. You sell your case to the judge you sell mm-hmm. your case to a like again sell yeah right. right and of course the other one was just picking up the skill of being a salesman and then I, I think I took a like a three month internship after JC in a law firm nice right so I went in and then they just put like this huge stack of paper on you in right. front of you and I'm just like what's this then they say oh you must read everything I was like no like what <laughs> yeah so that's when I found out that <laughs> to, to study law right, there's a lot of reading that they have to do right and I was like, nah, man. Reading like, is probably 99% of the job. Yeah. Only 1% was, of the time you're actually out yeah, there. And I was like, yeah. nah, that's not for me. And mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you do go to court and all that, but it was a very desk-bound job. Um, I think initially at the beginning also, right? You're a lot of office hours and all that. And I was like, nah, man, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be someone who um, was going 
going out is out and about. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, one of the first things that I wanted to do was be a alcohol salesman. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because um, like what knocking on doors. Hi. Not, you not, wanna... not, say, <laughs> <laughs> not like that. Right. Like, but um, I think um, the idea that you know. Um, so when when companies come into Singapore, right, they they actually go to um, vendors and sell their products. Okay. Right? Be whiskey or gin or whatever. Right. And so I was always very. Because I enjoyed whiskey and I like understanding what whiskey was, mm-hmm. uh, and then to be able to translate it into like a career, career. Like, oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool, cool for you, right? And and you get to move around constantly, right? Because you're going from bar to bar, right? Or, uh, restaurant to restaurant, mm-hmm. and, uh, you're spending your time talking about something that you're interested in, right? right? And then you're trying to tell people that you know what this whiskey is better than this whiskey, and yeah. This it yeah. felt like it was quite interesting. Is is there such a gig? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so breweries, you know. Engage yeah, this kind of salesman to definitely. approach bars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially like say for example, uh, we are talking about new brands also. Right? Mm. Say for example, uh, Soju from Korea. Uh, this new brand has been released, uh, and then they want to go and like push the sales. So right. they will tell their rep, say whatever lah. I mean, say APB for example, which is Asia Pacific Brewery, right? They bring this brand on. They will go and tell their sales guys like, okay, go and talk to these restaurants, mm. talk to them about bringing it on board. See what you can do lah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, this is just for example, I'm not saying that APB is doing, doing that. Yeah. Don't, don't sue me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was one of the things I was looking at. Uh, but as I said, like, at the end of the day, my main priority was always trying to understand what sales meant, um, what is the skills that go into it, the science of sales, uh, and hopefully find a product along the way. Right. Yeah. And what was your first taste of sales? So was, was, was it through the financial? No, no, no. I took a part-time job, right, as usual. Yeah. Uh, uh, doing cold calling. Right? All right. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, we sit down, they'll give us a script. And then, was that for like a telco? Yes, it was for a telco. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so I think it was a B2B though, mm-hmm. right? So we were call, I was calling regarding their, I think, internet services to upgrade or retain and all these kind of things. Uh, I also worked for UOB for a while uh, where it was not so much sales, but I was doing more um, account servicing, right? So people c- cancel the credit card. I was to call in to ask them like, oh, hi, sir, why do you cancel your credit card? Mm-hmm. Is there anything we can help with? Um, of course, it taught me how to handle credit card situations, right? When they ca- when you want to get your yeah. things waived off, there's, <laughs> there's <laughs> a lot of things, things you can do to like, actually get your membership waived off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I was doing that also. Uh, and again, it was a lot of cold calling, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and... I think it made me realize that actually I don't like cold calling. Yeah. Mm. Because you don't build a relationship. Yeah. And for me, the idea of like spending time with people, understanding who they are as a person, uh, was very important in the sales aspect of it. Lah. Yeah. So I realized that from the start that I couldn't be a uh door to door salesman. I couldn't be a direct seller. Like what my dad was doing, which is they go door knocking they open their mouth straight away, pa 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 okay, this is the product, you need it, blah, 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 and then they try to convince you to buy it, right? Right. Uh, and I realized that that's not the kind of sales I want to do. I want to do something that is a bit more personalized. Right. Where I can sit down with the person, understand what needs to be done, uh, what is the gap, how this product can solve your gap, right? And build that relationship. Right, yeah. so relationship based yes. selling. Yeah. So right. it's, it's another Important. type of sales te- yeah. uh, yeah. technique yeah. that we will get into. Yeah. Right. And, 
all right, so you, you've done the telco, you've done for the banks, yeah. and then eventually you found your way to, you know, uh, financial... Oh, I worked in a bar also. And a, okay. Yeah, so we were, I was selling... Right. At that point, I was selling happy hour, right? So when people are walking past <laughs> along Boat Key, right? Right. You know those annoying guys that come uh, to right? like, like, hey, hey sir, you want a beer? You want a happy hour, right? <laughs> yeah, I was one of those guys okay. for a while. Right. Yeah, so even then, I was like... I could have just stood there, but I was so like excited. Yeah. So I wanted to go and like, hey, come on, drink here, la, you know, yeah, sit down yeah. here. You know, our drinks are so cheap. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I do enjoy that, that whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, constantly, you know, putting yourself out there. Yeah. So so it's not like um you straight away settled on something. You actually tried no. a few different yeah. methods. Yeah. Uh, some was calling, some was on the street, yep. you know, yep. getting people to come into an establishment. Uh, so you 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 tested the water a yeah. little bit before yeah. you eventually landed into, you know, the financial yeah. advisory space. So when was that and how did that happen? And yeah, so I tell think, us a little bit more about that. So I think for, for sales, right, you got to... It, it, it is not an extrovert or introvert thing. I think it's an energy thing. Like, you mm. need to be high energy. Okay. Yeah. So, you don't have to be an introvert. Like, introvert doesn't mean you have low energy, right? Introvert can be high energy. It's just that um, you need alone time to recharge. Re- recharge. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, uh, I think we were, I was having dinner one day with one of my friends, two of them, right? Uh, very close friends of mine. Uh, one of them was a guest, right? Ang Han. Right. Uh, who started his tapin business. So he joined uh, financial advisory first. Yeah. Right? Uh, so we were just sitting down, we were having dinner and he was like, oh, you know, I'm doing this. So I go door knocking, then I talk to people about these products, about insurance and all that. Then I was like, oh, that's cool. Then I was like, so how's your mentor? And so for mm. me, I always believe that, um, you know, when, when we are young, uh, that 20s period, right? Mentorship is very important um, and you need to be teachable, right? You need to be willing to want to learn. Right. So I felt that, you know what, I'm, I want to learn how sales is done. Uh, and this guy sem- seemed like a good mentor. Mm. So after talking to my friend, he said, why don't you come down, find out more? So I went down, met met a f- couple of them. They shared with me about the industry and all that. And then I was like, eh, okay, as a student now, I've got an opportunity to go and explore what exactly um, this business is about, right? And how much really truly is it sales versus how much really truly is it other things yeah so that's how I got into it right. did you feel like you know that initial interaction where mm-hmm. when you met these people right yeah. did you feel like you were being interviewed uh, not really mm. yeah. so again when, we, when it comes to all these self-employed businesses like um, real estate um, insurance um, car sales yeah. or I, any, any freelance service that these, you're doing right they don't really yeah. have a like structured interview process right right? because um, at the end of the day it's the numbers game mm. so for them is you I bring you on board uh, I've got zero cost to onboard you because technically you don't get paid right mm. so there's like not much onboarding cost and then I let you ex- expose yourself to it and then if you like it then you like it if you don't then you, you know leave right so the right. barriers to entry and exit for right. all, a lot of these industries is very low yeah, in in terms of retention, and okay, we like last episode, right? We we spoke to Kelvin and Max, yep. right? Who who talked about their process of you know hiring and how they are able to you know retain their staff and you know the process of the probation period and stuff like that. Right. So when you entered this uh, advisory, right, what kept you in? Was it 
mentorship? Was it the guidance? Yeah. What was it that, you know... It was my own timeline uh, at that point of time. Right, okay. Yeah, so, uh, as I said, I joined as a student. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, there was no liabilities at that point. Um, and for me, it was like, okay, I'm studying. But as I said, you know, the main thing that I wanted was to build the skills of sales. Mm-hmm. And it is impossible. So, sales, right, no matter how much you read about it, you will never learn shit. That's mm. my personal opinion. I've read like a lot of books about sales and all that, right? right. But it, 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 it never works until you apply it. Mm. So at that point, while I was studying my uh, degree in business management, right? Uh, you know, when you talk, go to marketing class, so I had a marketing class and then they're talking to you about marketing and then you're just like, yeah, but that's STEM theory, mm. right? Like how much of it is real? Uh, and so I felt that you know being in this industry also allowed me the opportunity to see the practical aspects of sales, uh, how I could apply it, uh, Yeah, the timeline matched yeah, for two you. Years, yeah, yeah, so two, two so years. Two years as like yeah. a student advisor. Correct. Then eventually you moved on to so pursue when it. I graduated uh, with my degree. Uh, so at the point you see, there's always the fall black, fall black, fall back, <laughs> right? Which is if today I don't make it in this industry, uh, worst case scenario, I still get my degree in. Uh, me and then I apply a job right? right which anybody else who was in my position could have done right so yeah. you weren't thinking right when you were about to finish the degree like oh you know what I'm this is for me I'm just gonna quit my school no well that was never a thought in no. your head that yeah. you, you were still yeah. definitely gonna finish complete degree. your yeah. degree and yeah. then pursue so, this. I mean I do yeah. have colleagues who quit their degree yeah uh, but for them I think mainly because they also felt that it was very different Mm. Right, they were doing engineering degrees and all these kinds of something things. Something that's completely yeah, unrelated. Yeah. So business and marketing, something uh, still applicable. Yeah, I guess. For me, I just I was like, nah, man, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. quit halfway, right? Like, I'm, right. I, I was already about one and a half years in. I'm gonna be two years in, right? And there was one more year before I finished my degree. I was like, ah, let's might just, have just yeah. yeah finish this first. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm saying that you need a degree, but. Uh, it was already. I, I can like, actually, it was easier to f- end the race than to you know stop the race at that I, point. I can actually touch on that subject a little bit. Yeah. The, the the phrase where you said, "It's not like you need a degree." Yeah. I'll come to that right. later. You, Remind you, me. You think you need a degree? Uh, short answer: Yes. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Coming up next week on Mind Your Business SG. Do you think it's a misconception? Everyone thinks that okay, now I'm self-employed. Yeah. I have the freedom of my time. I want to work. I want to get up when I want to get up and right. that sort of stuff. When you put in the hours, you might be actually working longer than someone who's doing a 9 to 5, 9 oh, to 6, sure. whatever. When we talk right. to all the business owners, right? You always ask this question, yeah. how many hours do you put yeah. in? Yeah. You know it's my favorite question, right? Yeah. Everyone I ask. Yeah. And especially those who quit a corporate job where they're working crazy hours and then they start the business. And they're and working they're, even crazy Yeah, they're hours. working crazy hours. The, the formula is that you never hear them say, oh, when I start my business, I work less. Yeah. Never. This is Summit. This is Ashwin. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Mind Your Business, business SG. Thank you for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Spotify to get a new insightful episode every week. The Mind Your Business SG podcast is hosted by Ashwin Prakash and Tamit Nasif. Thank you to Naim Lutfi for our intro music. And if you've enjoyed our show, consider rating us. It will help us grow the show and make the future episodes that much better. Have a question for Ash or me? Head over to our Instagram page at mindyourbusinesssg and ask away. We read every submission and we might just answer yours in a future episode. If you would like to support us personally, you can reach out to Ash for your finance needs and myself for any creative business solutions. We'll see you soon.